Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome to the Ministry Refuel podcast with Kat Robbins. I'm Kat Robbins, and I'm so glad you're listening. Um, Bittersweet, but this is one of the last episodes of the first season, which is crazy. Um, Many of the OG listeners will remember on my first episode me absolutely freaking out, thinking, how is this even possible? Um, And here we are almost through a lot of episodes. I think we're almost on episode 20, um, which is crazy that you've listened to even one of those. So thank you for listening. Um, Last week, we took a break from having an episode and I encouraged um, anybody that, you know, followed the Instagram or just sees any of the reach of the Ministry Refuel podcast um, to find time to just take a rest. Um, I needed to do that. And I thought, hey, if that's something that I need to do, I'm sure people who are listening that are leaders and parents and husbands and wives and all of the titles that you play, odds are you probably, you know, are not like resting all the time, I'm sure. Um, And so anytime that someone can be a voice to be like, hey, have you rested today? Hey, have you done something for yourself today? Um, I I, want to be able to do that for you. And so um, last week, uh, candidly, was a crazy busy week. And so that was more than easy for me to say, hey, let's all take a break and find a pocket of rest. And then we go into this week and wow, just hit a really difficult moment this week, Um, just have something going on in our family. Um, And it's been challenging. It's been really, really difficult. And um, just trying to be supportive, just trying to believe God um, for his will to be done and whatever that looks like. um, And just, just trusting him. And, uh, but in that, I've realized, hey, I haven't intentionally Sabbathed in, you know, like, whatever, a week or so and I feel it Um, and it's funny because we always think like oh summer is such a you know flex time and it is but somehow I guess once we feel like we have some margin we go let me fill it twice as much as you know during the school year when there are preset things going on so I want to take just a couple of minutes and I want to talk about how to create a sabbath a really simple way to create a sabbath again um, sabbath is something that we've talked about a lot here on the show sorry not sorry it's something that a lot of people struggle with so if we're struggling with it we need to keep talking about it and we need to figure out how to um, correct it and i think ignorance is something that people plead a lot like what does a sabbath look like and that's totally understandable because as i've mentioned previously I grew up not really knowing what the Sabbath is. What's the point of it? How do I create a Sabbath? Um, because I, you know, I've I've seen every end of the spectrum. I've seen people who take a Sabbath and they they pray all day, and that's fine. Um, and but I've also seen people who are like, I'm taking my Sabbath, and they just lay on the couch all day. And I'm like, what is what is a Sabbath? You know, you've got these extreme ends of the spectrum. I don't know what mine should look like and how to honor God in that way. So. I just want to throw a couple thoughts at you. Um, Let's start with scripture because, again, um, the scripture is what we should build our theology upon, of course, because that is God's written word to us. Um, And so Exodus is um, 
a common place that you'll see the word Sabbath. Um, it is also important to note, um, we're reading the book by Richard Foster, um, The Celebration of Discipline. And one of the things that he talks about in the book that's so true, he says there's certain principles in the scripture that are not exactly laid out for us. And that is simply because that's their culture. And so, for instance, like fasting, there's not necessarily like a pragmatic, logistical way to fast in the scripture because, again, that was in their culture already. So they knew how to do that. They knew how to care for their bodies in that particular way. And so there are just certain principles that, you know, people had already followed. And so they didn't necessarily need a template of how to do that. Um, whereas, especially for us westernized, you know, American folk, like we don't, we don't exactly know what all that stuff looks like. We want to um, follow it because it's biblical, but at the same time, it's important to figure out what all this means. So in Exodus chapter number 20, verse 8, this is real simple. Sabbath rest is a gift from God. Very simple. Gift from God. I don't know about you, but I want all of the gifts from God. I know that in my life, I would I would not be able to receive all of those because he transcends anything that I'm able to hold, my capacity, my understanding. Um, but if, if there's a gift from God that I can receive, please hand it over. I, I want what my, my father God has for me. Um, and then of course, this is, this is one that we've heard before. Remember this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. Theologians, what does the word holy mean? It means set apart. Set apart. God is set apart. We have a call to be set apart as believers um, of Jesus. Even the scripture says, therefore, be holy as I am holy. Be set apart as I am set apart. Make sure your ways look more like the ways of God versus the ways of the world. Therefore, you will become set apart but the sabbath day is meant to be set apart as well and i think i could be wrong but i think that is pointing toward the fact that we need to set apart this day from the others the other days god is encouraging us work hard give it your all work well for my glory and for my kingdom but make sure there's a day that you set it apart that is the day that needs to look very different. That is a day where maybe some of your meetings need to stop. That is a day that maybe particular activities you do, maybe taking people out to coffee. If that's life-giving to you, then by all means. But maybe you don't need to have eight coffee dates on your Sabbath day. You get to define what that looks like, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second here. But a lot of times people think like, oh, well, Sabbath is only mentioned in the Old Testament, which just simply isn't true. Um... There's one verse that I'll reference from the New Testament. It's found in Hebrews um, chapter number four, verses nine and 10. It says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. So again, we're kind of looking at this concept that we've talked about previously on the podcast that God is El Shaddai. He is the God who knows when to say enough. Are we people who will mirror our father, who will mirror the image that we've been created in to look at the work from the previous six days that we've had, look at it and say, that's enough. And I'm going to rest and I'm going to, I'm going to 
rest and take joy in the fact that God has given me the grace and the strength to go these last six days. But now I'm going to take the seventh day. And I'm going to rest in him. And I'm going to remember that he's enough. That he is enough. And so I don't have to keep working uh, to compensate for my shortcomings. I get to just rest in his goodness. And so what does a Sabbath look like? Okay, we, we all understand like, and I think deep down we're like, yeah, I, I want a rest. But sometimes it's just hard, especially if your personality is like mine. Um, I'm, I'm a recovering workaholic. Um, sometimes I'm not so recovering. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. But just love to work. I just, I do. Um, but I have to recognize that if I'm not careful, work can become my idol. Um, God has to be the most important centralized thing. And so if we're not careful, it, we're going to be more excited about our work and the results that our work gets us versus just letting the spirit move and, and do what he wants to do. Um, and so we have to get those priorities in order. So um, today's episode is going to be really short because I really want you to walk away from this episode and think about how you can craft a Sabbath. And hear me, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to miss a Sabbath here and there. And I encourage you, make that day up. You know, something crazy happens, you get sick or, you know, one of your kids gets sick or something like that. Find another moment during that week um, to set it apart and and honor God in that way. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I just have these three because I'm, I'm a preacher. I love a little bit of alliteration. Uh, I have three D's of Sabbath. And so the three D's of Sabbath to prevent the three D's of not Sabbathing. Okay, we'll get into those in a second. But starting with the three D's of Sabbath. The first D, devote. Devote. Um, this is something that you have to make a choice to do every single week. And here's the reality. If you're like me, you look at your calendar and you go, oh my gosh, there's just not enough time in the week. I mean, have you ever had a moment where somebody's like, hey... Can we talk? Can we meet um, and hang out? You know, something that requires a little bit more than maybe a half hour. You look at your calendar and you go, ooh, let me check next week. Ooh, let me check next week. And and sometimes you feel guilty because you have to look at the person and go, can you meet, you know, in two months? And it, and it feels uncomfortable. It feels difficult. And so sometimes the temptation is, well, let's say Friday is your Sabbath. Well, Friday is my Sabbath and I do love you. So I'll, I'll just take that on. Um... But again, if, if we're looking at the three D's of, of Sabbath, are you going to devote that day toward your rest? That's a conscious choice that you have to make. It is your day. You craft it the way that you want to in light of the scripture, in light of the expectation of what a Sabbath is supposed to look like. But, but you have to begin with the thought, am I going to devote my day toward spending time with Jesus and resting. And and that's the other part of devote is how much of your day are you genuinely going to devote toward Christ? For me, one of one of the biggest things about Sabbath prayer, my time with Christ that I that I have, um I try to just spend it not asking for things if that makes sense. Um you know, there are always prayer requests that we could be praying for people. And granted, there are just certain things that are just very urgent and, and you need to pray for those things. But on Sabbath, I love to just, God, just just be with me. God, I, I just want to feel your presence. God, I just want I just want to know that you're with me. I don't necessarily need you to say anything. I just, I just want to be with you and devote 
this day, this time to you and just letting you speak into my life. Because here's the deal. The other six days of the week, it's like, Lord, I need you to do this. Lord, help me pass my test. Lord, please help us make the car payment. Lord, let the church still be standing by next week. And we have all of these prayers that we're asking God for. Um, but what, what could happen if we just spend our Sabbath just remembering who our father is and that he loves us and we're his kids. Um, and, and I think getting it back into that alignment and that moment of devotion really helps us do that. The second D of Sabbath after devote is demonstrate. That's right. You are a leader. And every time you Sabbath, you are demonstrating for the people that you lead that they need to take a Sabbath too. And let me tell you something. My mentor, he is pro-Sabbather. But he and I are built very similarly in the sense that he loves to work. He loves to you know, have moments where he's working when he probably shouldn't be. But he has just gotten so um, into the rhythm of saying, I need Sabbath. If, I, if I'm going to be the man of God that I need to be the rest of the week, I have to Sabbath. I have to slow down. And what I love about that is that he has demonstrated a healthy life rhythm. That is so important because he could do it himself and, and just kind of keep it to himself. But what he does is he, he reminds our team, hey, your Sabbath needs to be on the calendar. Our Sabbath on our team is on our calendar for, for the rest of our teammates to see. And that's the reason for that is so we're making sure we're not talking about work on those days with that person, unless it's an absolute emergency. But, but even then, we try, to, we try to keep away from that. Why is that so important? That has developed a really great culture of health and accountability. And I will say this till the day I die. That is the healthiest team ministry-wise that I have ever been a part of. And I genuinely believe that a lot of it is because our leader has demonstrated the importance of taking that time to devote every single week and say, Jesus, you're number one. I love you. My spirit loves you, but my flesh has to come back into alignment because I'm tired. I've been working these other six days. I want to devote this time to you. And I also want to demonstrate to the people around me. And, and here's the third D. Um, I got this, I mean, I've heard this word before, but I, I also got this word from the emotionally, um, the emotionally words, emotionally healthy spirituality by Peter Shazero. Um, if you've never read it, I've talked about it on um, the podcast before, but if you've never read it and you are a leader, I deeply encourage you to read it. It's a great book. Um, but he, he breaks down Sabbath as well um, within that book. It's, it's a great read, but he, he talks about delight and really defining like what does delight look like for you for my husband <laughs> which we are very different but one of his fastest means of delight is going in his game room and spending a couple hours playing video games talking on the headset to some of his boys I mean that is that is his sweet spot. He delights in that. But he, he also delights in, you know, taking me out to a restaurant. We love going out to eat together, um, just talking and laughing and having fun. Um, for me, um, you know, as I just mentioned, spending time with my husband, going out with some of my really good friends. Um, I love exploring new places. I love coffee shops. Um, even as I'm saying this, you might be thinking of things that you like to do. Maybe you like being outside or camping. I have a friend um, who loves to go camping and her and her whole family, they go camping frequently, pretty frequently. And that is just, it's so nice to see her delight 
in that, to just delight in, in the outdoors, delight in just being with her family. And so you get to decide what delighting is for you. What are those things that you can do with the Lord on your Sabbath day, but it just brings you joy. And again, it can be something simple. It can be, I remember for a while, I I used to be obsessed. I And this is, I don't know, I don't know that I would say this is like a toxic trait, but I <clears throat> kind of hyper fixate on foods. Like I will just find a food that I love and I will eat it or a drink, like a coffee drink or something like that. I will drink it until I'm absolutely sick of it and I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> But for a while, I was obsessed with Jersey Mike's and eating this particular sandwich from Jersey Mike's and I would always get it on my Sabbath day. I would always get it. And that was something that I looked forward to. And let me tell you why that's important. That sounds so silly, so simple, like it's a sandwich. It's not that big of a deal. But during the week, like I would randomly just think like, man, I can't wait for my Sabbath day for me to just relax and eat my Jersey Mike's sub. Again, sounds so simple, but that's something that, brought me just an instant jolt of joy um, and excitement for my Sabbath day. And also in a way, it's kind of like an accountability. Like I know when Friday comes, all right, I'm going to Jersey Mike's. And why am I going to Jersey Mike's? Because it's my Sabbath and I'm devoting that day towards Jesus. I'm demonstrating to the people that I'm leading that Sabbath is important. And I am delighting in the day. I'm delighting in the Lord And even just in the simple joys of life, I'm delighting. And that day is so special. Um, And and that's why Sabbath is great. So those are the three Ds of Sabbath. But here's the flip side. When I don't Sabbath, there's another three Ds that happen in my life. All right. So the first one is distract. When I don't Sabbath, I am distracted from the things that I need to do. I am distracted from from the nature that God wants me to operate in. Uh, I've referenced this multiple times with the Snickers commercial. You're not you when you're hungry, you know, and maybe you've seen the commercial before and it'll be like, you know, this guy, he looks like Danny DeVito and he's yelling and he's cranky and then they feed him a Snicker and all of a sudden it's this, you know, young, cool jock guy, you know, and it's like, oh, it was because I was hungry. And in the same way, when we don't Sabbath and we get into this rhythm of just running, running, running and never caring for our souls, never caring for our bodies, never caring for our minds, what happens is we operate in our flesh. Here's the reality. You don't have to try to operate in your flesh. You don't. It's it's a natural instinct. You know, you've heard people say this a million times, like you never had to teach a child to lie or you never had to teach a child to throw a tantrum. Like... It's just part of our nature. What you do have to work at is your is operating in your your uh, spirit nature. The original Latin meaning for the word distract means to draw apart, to draw apart. And in late Middle English, um, it also had this meaning of pull in different directions. And so, isn't it interesting to think about that meaning as it applies to? our Sabbath. We are being pulled apart from the the line of thinking of scripture, the line of thinking that God desires us to operate in when we have not realigned ourselves through our Sabbath time. And so if our heart is to remain in line with the thoughts of God, with the ways of God, and operating according to his nature, not our flesh's nature, we have to 
spend that Sabbath time so that our thoughts are not pulled away from the things that he has for us and the way he wants us to operate. The other D is dilute, dilute. And of course, you know, if you have kids, um, you know that you have to dilute your child's apple juice. Why? I, I don't exactly know, but I imagine it's the high sugar content or maybe it's too sweet for the baby, but you have to water it down. You have to dilute it because it's too strong otherwise. And that makes sense for babies. But as leaders, hopefully we are talking to grown people, people who are growing in the faith, people who don't want things to be watered down. But what happens when we don't Sabbath and we're not realigning with the heart of God, what happens is everything becomes diluted because we are not truly operating in the ways of God. We are operating in our flesh. And so everything that we're saying now becomes a little bit watered down because odds are, here's just one example, odds are you're telling their, your team, I hope, to take a rest. You're telling your team, if, if you are a godly leader, you should be telling your team, hey, you should be taking a Sabbath. Hey, you should be spending time with your family. Hey, you should be in prayer every day. But if we are not doing that, remember, if we are Sabbathing, we're demonstrating to our team. But if we're not, then our words are kind of becoming diluted. My, um, my coach, uh, Pastor Darius Elder, he's amazing. And he always tells this story about, because um, again, he's a life coach. That's what he he does um, one of the many things that he does. And he said he met with this lady one time who was just very, you know, kind of had an attitude, kind of came in like, I don't know if this whole thing's going to work for me. And he said that she folded her arms and she said, well, Pastor Darius, do you have a coach? And she's just waiting for him to say, well, no, I, I don't. But he ends up telling her, actually, yeah, I have several because I need it. And what's what I love about that story is that he said she instantaneously was like okay now I'm open because people are waiting on leaders to do for themselves what they're asking you to do that's so incredibly important if we're asking the people we're leading to do something but we're not willing to do that man our words are going to be diluted they're going to be watered down and people are going to be less likely to listen because we've lost some credibility because we're truly not willing to practice what we preach and that last e man, this is the worst one in my opinion, is decline. There are going to be things in your life that will just simply decline if you choose not to Sabbath. Your energy levels will decline. I could almost guarantee it. Your health, gonna decline. If you're married, it might decline. If you have great friendships, those will probably decline. If you are in school, your grades are going to decline. Your mental health is going to decline. Your ministry will eventually decline. And I really, truly believe that. We can't read scriptures where it says that this is a gift from God or that we mirror God in the same way that he rested from all of his creation. We are mirroring him when we rest. We can't read scriptures like that and assume, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, it absolutely applies to you. God didn't do that as an option. It wasn't like, well, maybe if you feel like it this week. No, he wants us to accept this gift. And sometimes in the moment, it's going to feel like a setback. I don't have time to rest. I need to get this done. I need to get that done. But can I tell you something? If you rest, you're going to watch things in your life win. 
If you are intentional to practice the Sabbath in such a way that it gives you life, that it breathes life into your family, it breathes life into your ministry, you're going to pray, you're going to pray for people at a greater level because what you've done now is you've invested back into your tank. You're going to work harder because you recognize God is worthy of that, not because, oh, I'm so exhausted and frustrated from working and I feel taken advantage of. No, no, no. I have realigned my thinking. I have pushed my flesh to the side. I see the glory of God. I have delighted in him. I have devoted myself to him. I have demonstrated to the team around me. When my team hears me talk about rest, they respect what I have to say. When my team hears me talk about honoring time with your family, my team respects me and my words aren't diluted because I have practiced those principles myself. Leader, You need, hear me, I said need to Sabbath. You need to rest. You need to spend time with the Lord, just you and him, realigning your heart with his ways. I'm telling you, if you want to go the long haul in ministry, if you want to play the long game in healthy leadership and loving people well, you have to Sabbath. You have to prioritize that. And we do that through devotion, We do that through demonstration, and we do that through delighting in Him. Well, I want to say thanks for listening today. I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you leave this episode today thinking about how you're going to practice Sabbath this week. This is coming out on my Sabbath day, and I plan to use it accordingly to spend time devoting myself to the Lord, demonstrating it for the people I lead, and delighting in the things of God and the things I enjoy as well. I encourage you to do the same. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Ministry Refuel podcast.